What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome To another episode of Life as a gringo I am Dramos, of course And man, it's hard to believe This is our second to last episode Of the year Man, this year flew by We ended season one this year We started season two this year uh, new podcast on the way, starting man. Uh, second week of January, I'll be posting some some stuff on there, some teasers for y'all to get you excited. But I got a second podcast coming in addition to this one, and it's a daily podcast, a uh, quick like ten to fifteen minute uh, podcast to get your day started. More about that soon. I'm working on a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I'm gonna be doing pre orders for a book I'm just wrapping up, which I'm beyond excited to. Man, to to say that I was doing the layout um this this week and and just kind of putting it all together, so I'm really excited. So look out for a pre order for my my book. We're self releasing it, self publishing it uh, in the next few weeks. I'll be putting up a pre order link for y'all. Man, with that said, as we talk about the the end of the year and just reflecting on on the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, all that went right, all that went wrong. And and we do this not to dwell on the past or to, you know, uh, pat ourselves on the back too much, although that is a part of it, right, to celebrate the wins, but also to to learn from our losses, right, to 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 be able to see what went wrong for us or what, what went right even. You know, we learn from our wins as well and then try to replicate that. And I think that it's an incredibly important practice, be it in your personal or professional life, to have some sort of reflection of of the year. and. Of course, you know, it's cliche to have like this new year, new me stuff and all this, that and third. But there is no better time, I think, than kind of this transitionary period where things I feel like slow down just a little bit with the holidays. You know, we're not working as much. Uh, and then there's just that feeling of, of something new, starting a new chapter with a, a brand new year. So I wanted to do an episode kind of reflecting on, on some of the biggest lessons from the, this last year. Um, some of these new approaches that I think, you know, uh, I've taken and that hopefully maybe can help inspire some of you to maybe take some, some, uh, you know, I don't know, an audit of your, of your life and, and figure out what's working, what isn't working. So I, I found this really, really dope article, uh, from developgoodhabits.com and it's called 25 end of year questions to review your 2022 year. So I thought it'd be really interesting to, I don't know, I guess kind of interview myself uh, with these 25 questions and give you a reflection of, of my thought process on this last year. I'm also going to put a link to this in the show notes if you want to do it yourself, which I highly suggest, 25 questions. And again, I, I just think it's a great practice to hold yourself accountable and, and also for, for setting goals and, and just getting clear on what exactly it is that you want and where you are in your life right now. So before I get into the questions, 
let's kind of talk about this practice of reflection and why it is so important, especially when we talk about the end of a year. And we'll do that in a segment we call for the people in the back. Say a lot for the people in the back. So in this article, they they first start by asking the question, what is an end of year reflection and why is it important? And they say, quote, it's easy to feel excited for a fresh start to a new year. A clean slate is upon you and you have the best intentions to work hard towards your goals. But in the midst of thinking about what the future potentially holds, it's important to reflect upon both the good and bad experiences that have shaped the person you are today. Taking the time to absorb the opportunities and lessons from the past year can help you learn what to do or not do to be successful in the future. I'm going to pause real quick there because that's kind of something I was touching on at the very top of the show, talking about the idea of absorbing the opportunities and lessons that you got from from this last year and seeing what it is that you you can learn from them, right? I just think our, our lives go by so quickly. You know, the man, the days pass by so, so fast, right? And time is just constantly fleeting. And it's easy to just kind of get caught up in, in the whirlwind of life itself, right? I, I kind of sometimes compare it to like feeling like you're in the middle of like a tornado storm, right? You're just getting knocked around and, and you know, trying to hold on to something for dear life, right? And I, I think that in the midst of that, we oftentimes sort of see the writing in the tea leaves, right? We, we, we don't get to, you know, have that sort of uh, time with ourselves to to really take note of what's working, what's not working. Right. It's kind of like when you when you have a job and they have like an end of year review and they talk about, you know, all the great things you've done, the job, things that they think you could improve upon. You know, all of this is just to bring uh, uh, awareness to yourself. Right. And I think self-awareness is so incredibly important, especially if you are setting goals and you're highly motivated, you're, you're trying to uh, you know, self-improve and, and trying to grow as a human and be a creative or whatever it might be, whatever area of your life you're trying to grow in, your, your career, whatever it is that you're doing. I think it's great to to slow down a little bit and just reflect and, and celebrate the wins because we, we are all probably guilty of, of not giving ourselves enough credit and not celebrating ourselves enough for the things that we do well. And then also taking notes on on what is not working for us, right? And then figuring out what are these solutions to correct this now that I'm, you know, declaring this to be an issue for me in my life. Now, moving on in the article, they say, while doing an end of year reflection, look for the areas in your life that you've been successful and where you have made some missteps. Give yourself credit for your accomplishments and consider the lessons you've learned during times of struggle. Critique the choices you made and the subsequent outcomes. And and yeah, I, I want to harp on on the part of consider the lessons you've learned during times of struggle, because I think it's so easy for us when we, you know, uh, don't succeed in the way that we hope at a goal to just write it off as a failure. But it's only a failure if you didn't learn something from it. Right. That is the only time, you know, uh, a, a, a loss becomes a real failure. You're going to inevitably have a lot of misses when you're when you're, you know, uh, taking a bunch of swings in life. And that's okay. That's by design. The greatest entrepreneurs are are usually, uh, you know, men uh, wearing that title because they just kept taking enough risks until something worked, right? They kept throwing their name in the hat enough times until it was called. And each time that they quote unquote failed, they figured out the lesson that was to be learned there. How can they improve their approach, you know, from this quote unquote failure, right? And that's what it's talking about here is, you know, not not sitting here dwelling on your failures, not beating yourself up, but instead of reflecting on on what about them didn't work. You know, what lesson can be learned that you can apply towards your next project, your next goal, your next endeavor. And that's incredibly important. And again, like I mentioned, also the idea of celebrating those wins. You know, sometimes we need that little pick me up to keep us moving. And we have to sometimes be that person for ourselves who pats ourselves on the back and tells us you are doing great. Keep on going. Now, pushing further into the article, the last thing they say is Without considering the happenings of the past year, you're putting yourself at risk of repeating your mistakes or not recognizing where you could make improvements in your life. 
You may also lose out on the opportunity to acknowledge the progress you've made over the past year in your personal and professional life. And doing so can certainly be motivating to keep up the hard work. All right, so more of the same that I was reiterating here, but also harping on that line where without this reflection time, without thinking about all that went right or wrong, you are putting yourself at risk of repeating the same mistakes, right? And that's something that is easily correctable, right? We don't have to keep repeating the same mistakes as long as we take the time to slow down and recognize where we went wrong, right? And I think that's oftentimes probably one of the hardest things to do because of just how quickly life moves. We don't have time to sit there oftentimes and 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 just think about, all right, this is where I fucked up, you know, and this is like the the reason why I fucked up and now I, I can correct that and never, you know, have that behavior again. Like we we are just moving so quickly in life and next thing you know, you're repeating this cycle of, uh, you know, of, of whatever it is, of, of failure, of doing something that is less than you, of lacking discipline, and you don't know why the same outcome keeps happening uh, until you actually sit there and be like, oh, wait, wow, this is all connected to uh, a certain behavior or a certain pattern that I've created. And in order for me to not be getting these same results, I need to change that pattern or that behavior. But again, that clarity comes when you actually take the time to reflect on all that's been going on for you in your life. Now, with that in mind, I want to go to the the hint this segment of today's show, and I'm going to give you uh, my my answers to these 25 end of year reflection questions uh, to review the last year. Again, I'll put them in the show notes so you can do them uh, for yourself as well. With that said, let's get into it. All right, so here are, are my answers to this, the 25 end of year reflection questions to review your 2022 year. And I haven't read them ahead of time because I wanted to just be natural with my my answers here. We'll see if uh, if that ends up biting me in the, in the ass at the end of the day. All right, so first question they ask is, if someone else were to write a book about your year, how would it go? Man, I think if I if I talked about what the storyline of my year this year would be, it is um, the idea of burning all your ships, right? And this comes from an old story of uh, this this you know general went into to battle, right? And uh, and him and his men they came in on on multiple ships to to this island where uh, they were fighting a really strong opponent and one that they were supposed to lose to. So as extra motivation, this general had his men burn the very ships that they came in on, essentially telling them that the only way off of this island, the only way, you know, out of of sure death is if we defeat this other army. And sure enough, they ended up doing that. They ended up defeating the army because they had nowhere else to go, essentially, right? And and that was was, I think, a bit of my journey this year, you know, as much as I've been somebody who has always preached independence and and doing things yourself and not wanting to follow the status quo, there's also been a part of me in the back of my head that I think has doubted my ability to be successful on my own, right? Uh, even when I had my own independent ventures, I always kept a a sort of backing, a, a fall safe in the form of uh, another job that I can count on a consistent paycheck. And listen, there's nothing wrong with this approach at all. It, it's worked for me. And it's what I needed to do up until this point. And then I think eventually you get to a point where you recognize if you want to grow any further, you have to trim the excess fat. And for me, trimming the excess fat meant the jobs and the work that was no longer feeding my soul. You know, I had a full time job uh, with uh, iHeart, who I have this podcast with, so we're still in partnership. But I had a full time job, obviously, a lot of you know, with the Breakfast Club. Then I transitioned into uh, producing podcasts behind the scenes for iHeart. And then eventually, it just became clear to me that if I really wanted to take you know, my, my vision and my goals to the next level, again, I had to trim that fat. Not to say I didn't enjoy my time producing podcasts. I met some amazing people, some of the best coworkers I've ever had. But it was clear to me that I was at the point in my life where I was at a crossroads and it was time to, man, quote unquote, shit or get off the pot, right? And that's what this year was for me. I went completely self-employed, uh, you know, and 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 bet on myself. You know, everything that came in this year was a result of of what I decided to build. I had no, you know, surefire paychecks coming in. I had to to work for and create opportunities. So for me, this year was all about uh, burning my ships, 
And and with that in mind, the craziest part is I just started doing the math in my head as we're getting ready into tax season next month. Um, this year was actually my most profitable year uh, to date. So I, I made the most money this last year than I made ever when I had a full-time job and I was doing all these things consistently and playing it safe. So I think it's just a testament. I don't say it to be braggadocious. I think it's just a testament to the idea of uh, betting on yourself, but also being self-aware enough to know when it is time to kind of go hardcore like that and when it might be time to to kind of uh, you know walk that fine line of, of uh, half in the world of independence and, and living your dreams, half in the world of, of keeping some sort of stability. And I can't tell you when is the right time to jump. Uh, I, I just know for me, it eventually became very clear that I was just hitting up against the wall and, and something had to go and I refused to let that be my dreams. And, and thank God I, I didn't, uh, you know, give up on my, my dreams. Because again, this has been my most fulfilling year personally. But again, even if you just are a numbers, uh, you know, dollars and cents type of person, my most profitable one. And it's my first year of full self-employment. Now, let's see. What surprised you about this year is the second question. I think for me, the the most surprising thing about this year is how much work I still have to do. And and I don't mean necessarily in like career sense or to-do list, even though there's a ton of shit that I'm running through my head right now. I think personal uh, growth-wise, right? Because I've done a ton of work on myself and I, I feel like I came into this year pretty confident you know, of, of, you know, the person I wanted to be and, and feel like I had done a lot of that work to become that person, you know, only to be reminded that the work never stops, the work never ends. There's always something about yourself to be learned, you know, to, to tweak, to try and uh, optimize, to become better in, in your relationships with people and, and how you, you know, uh, approach life and your, your views and your goals and, and all of the above. I, I recognize that uh, I still have a lot of work to do and and you know that's more so probably on a, on a personal level as far as you know my relationships and how i interact with those around me and my my loved ones and then on top of that i also think a lot of work to be done with the idea of of loving myself and even though I, again i've done a ton of of practice on that and and speak about it all the time um i'm only human and and i still battle with a lot of those uh you know childhood traumas those demons like we all do those old memories that come up that uh, have been very influential in a negative way on, on my confidence and, and how I see the world. So I'm, I'm still actively working on that. And I think that's probably been the, the biggest surprise this year. Um, now, number three on this questionnaire is what worked? Man, I, I think it goes back to that first question. Betting on myself is what worked this year, right? And and having that confidence in myself um, to, to recognize the fact that anytime I've ever wanted something um, you know, anytime I've had a vision for, for my life or anytime, quite honestly, I've been put in a hard uh, place, you know, particularly I'm talking about financially, I've always figured out a way to get around it, to make it work, to, to, you know, uh, you know, keep, keep treading water to not drown. Right. And, and towards the end of this year, I began reminding myself of that. You've never gotten to a place where you couldn't bounce back, where you couldn't figure out a way to tread water and to, to at least make it work in the short term until the next thing came around. So um, that that I think has, has worked for me, you know, reminding myself of that mindset has allowed me to, you know, um, be able to, to have some sort of like armor in this world of like entrepreneurism and, uh, and, and just, you know, chasing your dreams, right? And, and sometimes you need all that, the extra armor you could possibly get. Uh, what didn't work for this year? Man, what did not work for this year? I think this year, I recognized taking on too much stuff with no sort of blueprint of of how I was going to do it and I, and actually going going beyond that I think recognizing that I couldn't just keep adding more projects and more tasks without outsourcing for some sort of help and I think that that's what didn't work this year trying to do it all by myself uh, didn't work uh, for a variety of things that I was trying to do or, or ideas that didn't come to life. And I'm recognizing that I need to, you know, extend my hand and, and get people on board and, and create a team to actually help me, uh, you know, bring a lot of these ideas in, into fruition because I can't do it all myself. And in the past, I've, I've been pretty good at doing that. But 
uh, we're, we're now at a point where, you know, if I really want to grow and 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 help people in the way that I, I am, am striving to, I'm going to need some help myself. So doing it all myself, you know, has not worked and I, I need to get better at outsourcing things for sure. Number five uh, in these questions is how did you engage in self-care? Man, I, I think for me, the greatest thing I did for for self-care, for my own mental health, for my own happiness was trying to crack the code to what genuinely makes me happier, what keeps me mentally in a good place on a regular basis, trying to create a recipe for my my everyday life, my weeks, um, knowing that as long as I can check certain things off the boxes, I'm probably going to be in a good place mentally. And I have been great at sticking to it, but at least I know that this has been a great focus of mine. And at the same time, the second thing I will say is, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. I think I did when I was talking about conversation with my parents. But this year, I began taking antidepressants for the first time. And it's not a long-term solution. And, and I don't want it to be, nor do you know the, the doctors that prescribed it. Uh, the goal is to, to really only be doing it for about a year um, uh, you know, as a, as a helpful thing while I'm in therapy and doing all the different things, you know, um, doing the work on myself and not just relying on the medication. But I think that, that was probably one of the greatest things I did for myself this year because it was something I always wanted to do, felt like I needed to do. And, uh, it, and I think it's really improved my quality of life. And I think the, the clarity that I'm getting from being on antidepressants and, and the depression not being so intense uh, allows me to have a bit more you know, openness and, and not to sound redundant, but clarity towards uh, what exactly I'm, I'm up against, you know, what demons, what childhood trauma am I fighting up against? And uh, I, I think that's probably been one of the best forms of self-care that I, I did for myself uh, where, um, you know, I put my ego aside and, and got, got help. And with that said, uh, I, we're going to pause here. We're kind of in the middle. I'm going to take a, a quick break and then we'll, we'll come back to this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. 
In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. All right, we are back. And number six, what do you wish you had done this year? Man, I think this year, I I would say spend more time with friends. You know, I I think that that is probably one of the the parts of my life that is out of balance just a bit. And, And I think extending on that, nurturing my friendships that I have, you know, I've been in this mindset for for years now, you know, of of work now so you can enjoy it later. And and I think I I recognize the flaws in that. And while it's proved, you know, helpful when I was a bit younger to kind of keep my head down and put work above anything else. I'm at a point in my life where my mental health depends on having a bit more balance. And I think, you know, um, being a better friend is is definitely something that I, I wish I did this year, you know. Uh, I, I started doing it towards the end of the summer and reached out to a couple of my, my really close friends that I grew up with. And we kind of had a little bit of a reunion at my house and, and barbecued and stuff like that. And uh, and we, we celebrated one of their birthdays a couple of weeks, um, a few weeks prior to that, I believe. But anyway, that was like uh, a really big moment for me to kind of like, you know, try to uh, reconnect with with, you know, the, these friends of mine and, and just being a better friend in general. And and. Uh, sort of not being in my own world at, at all times. I think that's something I definitely wish I'd done better. Number seven, what bad habit did you drop? Man, what bad habit did I drop this year? Oof, I'm trying to think what specifically it was. I, I, I think I, I think this year was like a bit more structured for me for sure. Like, making sure I'm like taking care of myself as far as uh, sleeping better. I I think, um, yeah, I I think a habit I dropped was not taking care of myself. This connects to self-care, I guess, but um, a, a, a habit that I dropped this year was, was definitely like, you know, uh, sleeping too few hours, um, you know, not eating properly as far as like skipping lunch and just working uh, making sure that I, I didn't ignore my my responsibilities, you know, uh, as much like I didn't let the house get too uh, out of control, which I think my girlfriend again would would uh, would disagree with. But like, I tried to prioritize it. I got a cleaning company this year. I um, made sure that I was a lot more attentive to to my dog uh, this year, which um, I know it sounds silly, but like I want to be a good dog dad, you know, and uh, and making sure that like. I'm I'm prioritizing these things that I'm I'm you know adding to my life right because we all want the dog we want the house we want this that but we forget that those things add extra responsibility and and they're amazing they're incredible aspects of my life but they also require maintenance right and uh, with the dog requires a certain amount of attention for him to be healthy and happy right so I, I definitely you know began to correct some of my workaholic tendencies and and even though I, I worked my ass off still. Uh, I, I found ways to kind of not uh, ignore my responsibilities as much and, and really make them a priority. Number eight question is, what was your greatest accomplishment? Man, I, I think that my greatest accomplishment goes back to that idea of, of being 100% self-employed at this point. That is my greatest accomplishment. It's been a dream of mine for that to happen. And I I think, you know, it's it's incredible to me to reflect back on the journey to get here. And it's something I've wanted for as long as I can remember. I found uh, an old journal of mine from a few years ago where I was like listing things like this out as a goal where I had set my goal to quit uh, my full-time job, um, you know, at the breakfast club at that time. And that was actually a year before I even quit. I had set the goal to quit. I believe it was um, August or, or September of 2019, and I didn't end up quitting until 2021. But um, you know, just seeing that that I've accomplished so much of that has, has been my greatest accomplishment. You know, to to be happy and be sitting in this place, um, you know, living the life that I've wanted and that I've dreamed about. 
And I think more specifically, uh, for anybody who hasn't been following me for, for a very long time, I had purchased my first property at the beginning of 2020. And uh, it was an investment property. So I, I had a residence that has a commercial space. And um, I've been blessed that I've been able to now move on to another property that I actually live in. But um, this specific first property that I bought, you know, I had rent coming in, you know, I had tenants uh, living in the, the rental areas. Um, and and then, you know, I uh, was supposed to extend the, the person living in my commercial space, um, the person renting, I should say, they wanted to do like a two year lease. So I was like, man, this is fucking awesome. Uh, two years, I don't have to worry about it. I have passive income coming in from this property. And then literally uh, last minute, they, they sent me a text saying that they don't want to extend the lease. They're going to be moving out uh, in the next month or whatever it was. And I panicked because it was like my, my life had been planned on the fact that at least, you know, I quit my full time job. I had this passive income coming in from this other property. And uh, and and that like, you know, kind of pulled the rug out from under me. And I ended up bouncing back. That's again, back to burning all the ships. You know, I was just like, fuck it. I've always wanted to have a studio and and I'm going to use that space. I'm going to build out my own studio in that space. I'm not renting it anymore to anybody else. And I'm going to figure out ways to supplement that income from that rental. And, uh, you know, we're going to be launching the podcast studio here um, next, uh, next, you know, early in the next year. And I also have um, partnered with U-Haul to, to have a dealership here using my property as well. Uh, so between those two things, you know, we're, we're supplementing the, the income that I would have gotten from, uh, having a tenant renting the storefront, but instead now I get to have my dream studio and, uh, multiple businesses out of this, uh, one space, which has been incredible. Number nine, what disappointed you this year? I, I think for me, there's been a, a couple disappointments. I mean, nothing huge this year. I, I think in my career, I, I had an original idea for a book uh, and, you know, I was really excited to to uh, get the pitch going and I, and I got it to a point where uh, I had my pitch deck and everything and I sent it out to like, I don't know, 50 publishers and uh, nobody bid on it essentially, right? And my manager was working on it and nobody bit on this book idea. And I still have it. I'm still working on it. This is going to be another book in addition to the one I teased earlier, but I think that was something I set as a goal that I felt like was a surefire thing and it didn't happen this year. So that was a bit of a, a disappointment, you know, but at the same time, you know, uh, I, I think that there's a lesson to be learned and I think there's gonna be a question ahead about this. So I'll, I'll save that, that part. And then I think in my personal life, I, I am a bit disappointed in my inability to get completely present and to, um, and, and to not sort of be obsessed with like just tasks and, and being able to just enjoy, you know, personal time and, and be completely there and present with whomever I'm spending time with. I think that's something I was a little bit disappointed in that I definitely recognize needs a, a lot of work still. Um, number 10, what transitions did you make this year? We talked about that, man, becoming self-employed. Number 11, when did you learn from a failure? I think the book not getting picked up by anybody was was a lesson to be learned. I think um, it 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 sort of reminded me of my childhood trauma and how it's affected me in my life to this day, where I feel like I need the cosign from the quote unquote cool kids. And in the world of of books, it's uh, getting a publishing company to back you. You know, it's like getting signed to a record label as an artist. And and I think that from that failure, I guess you will, I, I've recognized that I was still relying on other people's outside approval, right? And and for me, now I'm more in tune with wanting to truly be independent and and be, you know, self-publishing and releasing all my stuff. And not to say I would never take a book deal, but I think understanding that I don't need it. And and then getting excited by the fact that I might be able to do something myself, right? And I think that's that's a, a lesson to be learned there is I'm not going to wait for the cool kids to accept me anymore. Um, and this book that I've been teasing that I'm going to do a pre-order in the next few weeks, this one I'm like self-publishing, self-doing everything myself, right? And, and uh, I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and this is, there's multiple book ideas coming around. I hope it's not confusing. But this next one that I'm putting out in the next few weeks as far as the pre-order goes, 
um, is not the one that I sent the publishers. It's a completely different one. But uh, I think that that failure then like allowed me to look at it from another angle and and provided me with a different sense of motivation that I needed. And we're at number 12 here. Did you do your best? 100%. Absolutely. I have, I've burned the candles at both ends. I am completely burnt the fuck out right now. Uh, my anxiety is at a fucking 12 right now because I'm, I'm just like exhausted. But I know that I, I gave it my all this year to make everything happen. So for sure. Number 13, name a time when you had to be brave and step outside of your comfort zone. Man, uh, ironically enough, I have always, always hated public speaking or, or not hated it. I've always want, loved the idea of it. I've always been very nervous about it. And uh, like I would shake, my voice would crack. I, I always was really scared presenting in front of people. And, uh, and this year, I really wanted to get into speaking engagements and, uh, and, and presenting. And that was something completely outside of my comfort zone. It scared the fuck out of me, but I pushed myself to do it. And and I, I did a, a, a few speaking engagements over this last year and they were amazing. I, I feel great about them, you know, um, and, and I got great, you know, responses from it. Uh, and, and I definitely had to be brave and step outside of my comfort zone to, to do them. And I'm, I'm so happy that I did. Uh, Dramas.com, you want to book me for your next speaking engagement. Um, number 14, what did you spend too much energy or time on? Man. What did I spend too much energy or time on? I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, think, I think some of these, some of these uh, old ideas about myself, right? Some of these limiting beliefs probably took a, a bit too much of my energy this year um, and, and, and years past in general. And I think this year probably it's been the least amount, but. I would probably say still those limiting beliefs that I fight, um, probably I, I spent too much time uh, on them. Let me see number 15. What did you avoid? What did I avoid this year that I, I could have gotten to? Oh, man. I don't I don't know if I truly avoided anything that is a, a, of substance, is substantial, to be honest with you. So I'm pretty happy with that. Number 16. Who were your major supporters this year? Man, my, my girlfriend, first and foremost, is my number one fan. Always. Uh, she's incredible. My, my parents have, have been really amazing in uh, just sharing their, man, how much how proud they are of me and, and really just uh, reminding me of how far I've come, which has been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and obviously, anybody that listens to this podcast, I mean, you know, y'all are the reason why I get to live my dream and why I'm self-employed, you know, and, and living that dream right now and trying to be able to grow, you know, not only my business, but but more importantly, uh, extend my reach to to hopefully potentially help more and more people. You know, everybody that listens to this podcast, like, you know, I get the the DMs and messages from from y'all talking about how uh, it's had a positive effect on you and how much it's helped you. And, and I genuinely appreciate it. But the reality is like you guys supporting this and listening to it and sharing it and telling people has helped me more than, than I could ever help you. You know, it, it almost feels selfish to a degree um, because, you know, you all listening and, and being so rabid about it and, and uh, again, sharing it and, and being there each and every episode uh, is a reason I get to do everything I'm doing. So thank you, you know, first and foremost, I, I can't, I genuinely wouldn't be able to, to do this without you and at the same time i promise you for, for everything i'm helping you you do you're doing 10 times that for me by, by listening to this and, and sharing it you really are all right number 17 what new habit or routine did you create this year to help improve your efficiency either at home or at work i think towards the end of this year trying to get more organized in my personal spaces as well as my studio spaces and like understanding that clutter uh you know it just creates a bit more chaos in my head. And I think that, um, you know, thanks to my, my girlfriend lovingly pointing that out and her helping me, I, I've definitely created far more efficient systems um, for uh, just kind of trying to keep shit in order. But, and, and then that trickles down into, um, you know, being more productive and having a clear mental space to work. I think outsourcing, you know, having a cleaning service has been very big for me. Uh, trying to get some some help 
uh, outsourcing certain projects, certain ideas, uh, you know, to others to take it off my plate has definitely helped improve my efficiency. And then again, trying to optimize what truly makes me happy and makes me feel fulfilled has then in turn allowed me to be far more efficient in my job. What did you handle well? Number 18. I, I think uh, going back to that that thing when my, my tenant kind of surprised me by moving out, I think I, I freaked out, got in a bad mood for about a half an hour, and then I went straight into, all right, what's next mode? And I'm really proud of that. Number 19, what sticks out as being a meaningful moment? Um, the thing that really sticks out for me, I uh, I had recently, so short story long, I, I've always loved old cars, right? I love the aesthetic of them, the way they sound, the way they look, the way they feel. And I've always wanted to get one. Uh, I had been like over the last couple of years, I'd be on Facebook Marketplace, just, you know, you know, window shopping. And this year, I ended up buying um, a, a beautiful classic car that I was really excited about, uh, a 1978 Chevy El Camino. And the car was amazing. Buying the car was an incredible thing. But what was, what was so special and so meaningful about this moment was I had my parents there, I had my girlfriend, and everybody was so genuinely happy. And happy for me because this was just a sign of how far I'd come, right? I don't take it lightly, the privilege that it is to have a second car that you just drive on the weekends for fun, right? That is such an amazing, amazing privilege. And I couldn't believe that I had become that person who could do something like that, right? You know, there was even a part of me uh, that was like scared to drive the car or a part of me that looked at it and said, this is just too nice for me, right? Almost like I don't deserve it. So, you know, that was a really meaningful moment for me to kind of be able to push past that and and uh, and especially my own like money traumas, like, you know, being able to give myself the go ahead to treat myself to something like that. And then sharing that moment with my parents, I'll never forget it, you know, and, and my girlfriend. And, uh, you know, we we took pictures in front of it. We were you know sitting there appreciating it. We had dinner at my parents' house with it parked in the driveway. And it was just a, a beautiful moment that I feel like really showcased and and uh, allowed me to to be grateful and and appreciate all the hard work I've done and see how far I've truly come. So that was beautiful. Number 20, what is the most significant thing you read this year? Oh man. Most significant thing I read this year. I think I've been reading a lot of like the Stoics uh the books from Stoicism. I think Marcus really is meditations. Uh, there's an Epictetus book that I, I I picked up that was really um influential on me. I, I think I had started reading this a while ago, but Think and Grow Rich, the classic book, uh, I've been reading that almost every night now, and that's been really profound. Um, and I think, let me look this right, real quick. I'm looking at my Audible. Um, my Audible. Uh, the Surrender Experiment was really big for me by Michael Singer. Uh, that that one was, was super profound. I would highly recommend that. It's about just sort of you know surrendering yourself to whatever life uh, kind of throws at you. Um, and I think. What was the other one that, oh, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. It, this is along the lines of like Think and Grow Rich. But um, for me, it was uh, it, it was really profound because it just sort of broke down the mindset for success. And the science of getting rich like sounds really scummy, like, oh, let's just get rich. But it, it wasn't necessarily about rich as far as wealth goes, but also like rich and happiness, right? And that was really profound for me. I, I think I read that book twice. It's a short read, uh, short audible recording as well, if you want to check that out. Um, and it just really, I think, gave me a, a different perspective uh, to the world. And I, I think has been something I'm taking with me. I'm actually probably going to, before the year ends, I'm thinking I'm going to listen to it again. Um, number 21, what are you grateful for? Man, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm grateful for everything, to be honest with you. I'm grateful for the, the man, I, I, it's not just one thing. I'm just grateful for the life that I've built. And I think if I can pat myself on the back, I'm grateful for my discipline and my tenacity. And I'm grateful for the fact that I didn't allow myself to give up as many times as I wanted to, as, as close as I was oftentimes. Um, I'm grateful for the fact that I never gave up and, and, uh, you know, it's provided me with just a really blessed and, of course, uh, not perfect because nobody's life is perfect. 
but an incredible life that I'm, I'm just so happy to be living and so grateful for. Number 22, what did you change your mind about? I think politics to a degree. Not, not my political views, but I think in the way that I'm approaching the world and the way that I'm recognizing how I want to talk about something that is so touchy for so many people and, uh, and not wanting to be somebody who's just another person roasting the other side and trying to find cool clips of me, you know, being able to, to make fun of people and, and uh, trying to point out their ignorance. I think I've changed my mind about I, I don't want to be that media personality who's just another divisive figure. Um, and, and not that that was ever a goal, but I think at times when you are roasting people, when you are shitting on people, that is sort of the constant that ends up happening. Um, but I, I think for me, I changed my mind about wanting to approach the, the world of politics with a bit more empathy and challenging myself to be open to having conversations um, that speak to both sides. And, and again, I, that doesn't change my political views, but I, I don't want to write people off just because of, of theirs automatically. And uh, I, I want to try and appeal to people's rationale and, and be able to try to get uh, to a place where we can have a conversation somewhere in the middle. Even if I'm not literally the one having that, that conversation, um, just showcasing that we can extend uh, a hand and, and come to a place where we can at least just have civil debates and civil, you know, arguments about what we think is right for our country and the world that we live in. Number 23, what's a cognitive bias you've caught yourself thinking this year? Oh, man. Uh, this is like, you know, snap judgments that you jump to. I, I think that I've caught myself when I'm working with people and and they're helping me i am quick to whether it be outwardly or internally shoot their ideas down if it's different than what i had in mind and i'm trying to catch myself in those moments and become open to it because oftentimes their ideas their contributions end up being something better than i even imagined right but it's this initial thing of it not being what i envisioned that i i sometimes like end up becoming a bit reactive and not like lashing out, um, but I, I end up not giving them the respect of of uh, of having their their thing heard, and and me truly like being excited and considering it as something I'm I'm being very uh, mindful of. And I think it's just I don't know, product of feeling like you had to only rely on yourself for so long and work by yourself for so long. That's a bit tough to be, you know, uh, I don't know, super open to to people's opinions on the things that you're doing, but. It's something I want to be because I know it makes me better. It makes everything I'm doing better. Number 24, we're getting to the end here. If you could rewind one year, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Man, I can picture where the fuck I was January of this year or December of this year. I was like panicked because I was up for this big gig and I was feeling like, oh my God, if I don't get it, my life is over. And And I think, the advice that I would give myself is take note of why you want certain things so badly. And the reason I'm saying that is because the things that I was obsessed with, the things that I felt like had to happen, the reality was they weren't things that I wanted to happen for me specifically because I love them or they made me happy. I wanted them to happen because it would be something that I could rub in the face of everybody who doubted me of all the naysayers, they would be able to see this and undeniably recognize the fact that they were wrong about me, uh, you know, and, and their critique of my decisions. And that caused me to be obsessed with things that I didn't truly want. And I think waste a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of my sanity uh, on. And I, I think that's what I would give myself advice on is Get clear on what it is that you really want and put your energy there and stop focusing on on stuff that you think will uh, shut the haters up or or uh, impress others. All right, last one. Number 25, what is a new skill that you learned this year? Man, hands down. I'm glad they asked this question. Uh, fucking carpentry and essentially being able to build shit. Like I built a whole studio by myself, you know? And the only things I got help on was like shit that I couldn't lift by myself. And I had to, you know, direct my, my dad to help me lifting stuff. But 
I am somebody who before this year had never used a power tool in their life aside from a drill. And that that I had just started using in 2020 or 2021. Um, so I used the saw this time, you know, power saw. I was doing all types of shit here, rigging things in my ceiling. I built uh, a false wall on wheels that has the TV and lights built into it. I built another wall, you know, for I have two sets that I built out here. Uh, that is a new skill. I, I took an old beat the fuck up vintage desk and brought it back to life. And it looks beautiful in my office. Like I've, I've learned how to use my hands. And I grew up in a family where my dad didn't was not the handiest person at all. And we would just pay somebody to do things uh, just because he he didn't want to deal with it, not because we, we had it like that. So I'm really proud of myself that I became you know way more hands on. And uh, it's actually become something that I really enjoy now. And like, um, is like a really fun hobby for me, like refurbishing things, refinishing things, building stuff, working with wood. And uh, that's definitely a new skill that I learned. That I'm really, really proud of, man. That was really that was really fun for me to reflect on that stuff. I feel like it had me thinking about a lot of a lot of different things that I probably wouldn't have recognized, especially that one about like thinking, what would you tell yourself, um, you know, a year ago? Really, really, really profound stuff. I suggest you guys uh, do these questions for yourself if you want to read them. It is uh, in the show notes. I'll put the link. With that said, speaking of y'all, I want to get your take on 2022 for our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite. And together, you know how we do. We create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. All right, so for today's question, again, at DJ Dramos on Instagram, I do this for pretty much each and every episode. I'm asking y'all, 
what was the best or worst thing that happened to you this year? So I got a bunch of responses. I'm going to try to get through a couple real quick. Uh, let's see. The homie at Bren J Life Coaching says, best, I had a healthy baby. Worst, the beginning of the year when my mindset had me thinking I'd failed on myself, my business, and even my family. It was rough. Man, congratulations on the baby. I, I was on uh, Instagram Live and, and she hopped on. Uh, we got to see that the little angel. Um, so congrats on that. So beautiful. And, uh, and yeah, I, I know a bit about, uh, Brenda's story. Um, she's, she's been like a day one listener. Um, and, and, you know, she, she left her job to chase after her dreams. Um, it didn't pan out exactly how she had hoped. And there was a lot of guilt and shame around that for her. And again, I think that's, that's that mindset of, you know, it's only a failure if you don't learn something from it. Right. And, uh, and I think that's a beautiful thing that, you've come, you know, to a point where you are in a healthy mindset, right? I understand that was the worst part was beginning your year that way. Um, but I, I like that it's past tense thinking that you had failed on yourself and thinking that you had failed, you know, your business and even your family. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing, recognizing that there's no such thing as that. You know, you, you tried something, it doesn't always work out the way that you had hoped, but uh, that doesn't mean that you are a, a failure again, as long as you learn that lesson. So big shout out to you for, for learning that. At the anime underscore Whitley Gilbert says, my sister died, but I adopted her daughter. So my pain became a blessing in a way. And man, uh, first and foremost, my, my condolences to you and your family. You know, um, obviously there's nothing I can say that would, would change the, the pain from that. But I, I love, the spin that you're putting on it where you adopted her daughter and that's become a blessing and i can only imagine you know the difficulty of the situation as a whole especially when children are involved but i just think that that's probably the the healthiest manner to look at things like this right when you have a terrible situation where you lose somebody that you love but you know, you, you gain something in return. Right. And, uh, and it's not always, always that way, but specifically for you, I think it, it, it sort of is like a real life sort of, uh, you know, showcase of you, you, you may have lost something or in this case, someone, um, but what can you take away from it? Right. And for you, you, you've been able to adopt her daughter. I think in, in maybe anybody else who has lost someone, you can uh, take with you the memories of them and the, and the good times and, and keep those, you know, at the forefront of your mind and, and on your heart. Um, I know for me this year, I, I reflected a lot on the loss of my, my Titi Gladys, who, who died of cancer a few years ago. And I feel like I never truly processed it. And during Thanksgiving time this year, it really all began to hit me. And um, yeah, I think, I think being able to, share a moment with my family where we celebrated her during Thanksgiving um, was beautiful for me. And I, I think that her loss, as devastating as it is, uh, I, I think that the ability to, to have her memories at our forefront and the good times and to uh, have her bringing my, me and my family together as she did when she was here in the physical. Um, but in, in this way, you know, her, her spirit brought us together to, to connect and bond, I think was a, a beautiful thing and a beautiful way to kind of view that. That's my own personal antidote. Um, again, big shout out to you for and uh, <sighs> crazy part of your life. And, and, uh, and I, I love that, that more positive spin on it, that you, you've gotten a blessing in a way as well from it. All right. Last one here at director key says best visited Panama for the first time and put quote unquote imposter syndrome behind me, man. I fucking love that. I, I love, love, love that. Cause y'all know this is what the show is all about. And um, going back to the motherland, man, and looking at it from a, a new lens, you know, rather than, than viewing it and speaking from my own perspective as a place that you don't necessarily fit in perfectly. Um, but instead now being able to see it, see it through the lens of having pride and, you know, your, your ancestry being there and being able to, to feel that and to, for it to really, you know, have have a profound effect on you and to bring you closer to where your roots are and where you came from and to to just, you know, it, it is like a, a really special feeling. I know I've felt it a ton in Puerto Rico. I feel it every time I go and 
then yeah, I think once you once you get rid of that imposter syndrome of feeling like you're not a part of it and you recognize that you do have a place there, um, it is the most beautiful feeling in the world to then just like touch down there and get that that sense of pride and just feel the the energy knowing that you you truly are home, you know? So shout out to you, man. That's beautiful. Man, and that's it. At DJ Dramas on Instagram, where we do these for each and every episode. Now, with that said, man, let's quickly just uh, tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. All right, so I I uh, went through a ton of questions. I'm going to keep this pretty short because I know that was a bit taxing. But I think overall, in general, it's important to just take note of your life, where you are, who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done, your successes, your failures, your wins, your losses, and and figure out the lesson there. What success do you need to keep replicating? What loss can you learn something from, right? Uh, where can you be better? Where have you been great? All of the above, you know, I, I think that a big part of this whole personal growth journey that I know many of us are on. I mean, if you're listening to this, that's that's what we do here. You know, um, it's it's self help. It's it's woke self help. You know, we, we talk about uh, a, a lot of real world issues, but all through the lens of wanting to be better and having a better world for ourselves and 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 everyone you know in our community and and even the world at large, right? And in order to do that work. You have to do the work, right? You can't just improve uh, by by blindly living life and not taking note of anything. You know, it's called doing the work for a reason because it it does take some uh, you know presence. It does take intentional behavior, intentional accountability, you know, and intentional uh, work. You know, again, not to sound redundant, but it's important that we slow down a bit, especially times like this where we have the opportunity for the most part. You know, I know some people's jobs may get even crazier during this time of year, but whenever you get that quiet space, it's really important to just sit there, be with yourself and, and, and take a look at your life, you know, and, uh, and, and maybe your life is incredible and reflect on what's so amazing about it and what made it that, that incredible that you can hopefully, you know, replicate for the next year. And if you're not exactly where you want to be, you slow down and, and, you know, you don't beat yourself up, but you take notes as to what you can do better for the, the new year. You know, again, it's not about failures and, and shaming yourself. It's about the lessons that you take away from those things and then applying it to be even better next time. Right. That's all we're doing here. And the journey never ends. We're never uh, perfect. We never figure it all out. We never achieve everything that we intended we just keep figuring out ways to improve little by little. Again, that journey never stops. That process never stops. So it's important to continue to do the work. I thought I had a lot more figured out than I actually do. But every day I try and, and, and figure it out, have conversations with myself, with the people around me. I journal, I meditate on it. Every day I'm, I'm trying to take some time to reflect on what is going on in my life and where I can be doing better or if it's working. How can I continue that pace? How can I replicate it? How can I improve upon it, right? And uh, I, I think that's the beauty of these sort of questions. You know, uh, that's the beauty of the end of the year. It gives us a chance to reflect. And I think we also become a bit nostalgic uh, when, when we see a chapter closing and, and are preparing for a new one to, to open. So, I mean, take this time and, and just take inventory of your life. And, and I know for me, even just reading those questions and thinking about them, I feel a little bit lighter than I did like, you know, when I first started recording this podcast today. So there's definitely something to it. Um, and I know that I'm kind of taking those answers and my mind is kind of racing a little bit thinking about them. So I want the same for you. Again, the link is in the show notes. Take some quiet time. Ask yourself those 25 questions and uh, and let me know. Actually, let me know your biggest takeaway from it. Send me a DM. I always love reading those. And that's it, man. Second to last episode of the year. Dramos.com for your merch. Uh, again, pre-orders for my book are going to be going up in a couple of weeks. I'm just wrapping it up. I'm really excited about that. And my new podcast launches on January 9th. I can't tell you anything about it yet, but some teasers are coming. It's inspirational. It's a short daily podcast that you can listen to 10, 15 minutes. Um, and that's it, man. Life is going to go. Keeps going, though. Don't worry. We'll be back on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. 
Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 